So when you say this world is huge, are you talking about all of the underground facilities that are all over the place, different civilizations and... It will blow your mind, Doc. Like, if you see the stuff that we have underground and in the oceans, it's not just on top. And what we have also in the moon and on different parts of our own solar system. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. I want to welcome JP back to Exopolitics Today. Welcome back, JP. Hi, Doc. How you doing? I'm glad to be here at ExoPolitics to share some good information. It's been some time, and I know you've been very busy. You recently did a mission. You want to tell us about that mission? I will gladly tell you about this mission. We were coming out from from the base, and there was a total of eight of us. And they said, oh, everybody grab your gear. We're going, we're going out. Like this was like a something fast. The driver knew exactly where we were going. We were going um, north Alabama, west to Mississippi area. There was a, a cavern there that we we're going to go to. The, the driver looks like he's been there a couple times. So he's been driving different type of people to that location. And on the way over there, he was explaining to us what to expect. And we, you know, we grabbed our gear, meaning, you know, our, our backpacks, our boots, um, weather gear, weapons that we would need. When I say weapons, you know, we just carry weapons because we want to be safe and feel safe. You know, it's not that we're going to attack or we're going to do anything that is something negative it's just for protection you know just in case something else is out there and most of the times when we go there's somebody that's higher you know position that is well known that goes with us and and part of the mission is to keep that person safe but we're also part of you know whatever's going on so that's kind of interesting when that happens so it was a total of eight of us you know and, and we went in that area of mississippi and north alabama North Mississippi, North Alabama, that corner that goes to like Tennessee. So we went there, we went to a cavern, we drove, took us a couple hours to drive there. We got there. It was a gate made of rocks. I remember that. We went on the white van and this was in the middle of the night. I was actually out for five days. Can you clarify what you mean you were out for five days? This mission took five days when you drove there, then it took five days? Yeah, it took five days. We were there five days, 24 hours a day. Yeah, five days. So there's still parts of things that I have to wait until I tell you. But there's certain things I could tell you now. Um, I got the green light to tell you. Maybe you want to explain, you know, for the viewers, because you're active military and a lot of people say, well, you know, how can he tell us things if he's active military? Isn't it all classified? So, you know, when you say you got the green light, can you explain what that means? Um, Having the green light is when they tell you that it's okay to talk about it and to volunteer you to talk about it. 
So this is the, the people in charge of that mission that you're called away from your regular military duties on some kind of TDY, temporary duty, that they tell you it's okay when you're done to talk about this. But your regular military commanders with your military occupation specialty, they don't know anything about that. Is that correct? Yeah. Thank you. It goes from higher above for me to communicate this with you because, as you know, they're already talking. You know, whistleblowers are talking and now a lot more people are coming out with more interesting information and everybody now is having the green light from above. It's going to be so many green lights. When I say green lights, is people are going to be talking, so many whistleblowers talking that it's going to become a norm for everybody to talk about these situations that are happening. But not, not as much people are talking about their missions, though. That's the thing. They're talking about, yes, I saw a UFO here. Yes, I saw this technology over here, over there. Yes, there's a moon base here and all that. But not a lot of people got, have the green light to talk about the mission and what happens in the mission. Because, you know, we have a history from 2016 before I was in the military. So we have the history. They know that since what was happening in McDill Air Force Base, that situation over there a couple of years ago. So and, I just want to clarify for the viewers, uh, what you just said is very important because while you joined the army in 2019, you, you had a history going back to 2015, as I recall, where you were being picked up by extraterrestrials and by Air Force being taken on different missions. And in 2017, uh, you were given permission to take photographs of flying triangles, flying rectangles over McDill Air Force Base in Tampa. And so so we actually have those photos. They've been released on uh, my website. So there's a history of you being green-lighted by the covert military. So people who say, well, you know, how can this guy... Uh, be given permission to do this. Uh, JP had this arrangement before he joined the army, and actually he was encouraged to join the military because this was the relationship you had. There was an agreement between the Nordics and the military for you to be able to do this. So, so this is a pre-existing arrangement, and it just it's just carried over since you joined the military. So this is not a new thing, but it's just a continuation yeah. of the something that started in 2015. Mm -hmm. This happened before Space Force was born. You know, all this was happening in the process of when Space Force was becoming Space Force in the Trump administration. So um, it's quite exciting, everything that's happened now, because everything was in development in the Trump administration, you know, um, to come out. And all these beautiful entities are visiting our Earth trying to contact um, different people that are chosen. See, when we give information and we're green-lighted, there's certain informations that are red-lighted that we can't talk about until a certain thing happens, and then we get the green light to talk about it. Because um, we also got other different countries that are going through the same thing, and there's a lot of different technologies involved in these types of information that we give out. So I can continue with my mission, but yeah, people can go back and, and, and look in the history of everything we have talked about and 
it's going to be really exciting in, in this future that we are um, living. We're going to live. It's going to be really exciting. So we, we went, like I said, we went with this mission, a total of eight guys. And there was somebody important there, high ranking from the Air Force branch. And I did not know his name. I never want to know nobody's name. For me, is that's important for me, for my protection and for my well-being. You know, I, I never want to know who's with me in, in these particular missions. I, I do see familiar faces, but sometimes I, I just don't want to know their name or what their rank is or what kind of job they do because these types of missions that we do, there's a lot of people that do not want these type of missions to, to happen. By me not knowing the people around me, it protects me and it protects the people I talk to. So we went into this cavern. It was a rock that opened opened up. Uh, when I say a rock, it was like um, it was 20 feet high. And this rock looks camouflaged into a side um, to a side mountain, to a side hill. And it just opens up and it opens up always in the middle of the night. It never opens up in the daytime. And they have a lot of security um, around this mountain, around this hill that turns into a mountain. And it opened up, and then you can hear it when it closes. You can hear an echo when it closes. We entered this cavern, and it was probably 20 minutes in, and we parked. After we parked, we all got out from the, from the van, and it was smelling like like um like a cave like like a uh, mineral um, that you know that smell when you enter to a cave and you smell that mineral like a salt sulfuric acid kind of thing like a type of muriatic acid it's like a strong smell and there was a hallway with regular lights not no fancy lights regular light bulb lights um color orange and it was a hallway that you go down um, there was, I remember seeing tubes of um, tubes, metal pipes that ran on the right side. These pipes, I guess, is for sanitary. I don't know, um, for the people that work there. We kept walking and there was another door that opened that had a code. And the person that was in front of us, well, the, the, that was the driver, he had this code that only him can enter these, uh, this type of facility. So we entered the facility, and after you enter the facility, there's a, a laser machine that swipes your body and swipes everybody, and it builds up on the screen the inventory of your organs, um, the inventory of um, your cell counts, your your body, your molecules, like uh, everything that your body's made of. It has <laughs> it has the inventory of everything, and we're like, man, that's crazy, <laughs> you know. You know, like two eyeballs, you know, you have, you know, everything that your body has. That was quite interesting. I never seen something like that, that, that technological. It was, it was quite interesting. And everybody had to wait until that person finished. Um, there was a person that stayed behind because he had something. He had an organ transplant and this organ was not his. So if an organ is not yours, you can't enter to this facility. Everything has to be in yours. So this person stayed behind. It kind of sucked, but I think that's one of the rules that they follow. Everything on your body has to be yours. 
So we entered, and it was a big, big, big uh, football-sized hangar, and we saw different kind of ships there coming in and out. We can hear these ships swooping like away and coming in, parking, and different kind of um, people, different kind of um, entities coming out of them. And giving the people in charge of the hangar a um, like a metallic see-through type of square, and the person sees the inventory of the ship and gives it back. And it, it, it quite it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Men in Black type of thing, you know, like um, different ships and different kind of traffic that comes in and comes out. So we're talking a spaceport. We're talking something as big as a football stadium under the ground behind. You have to access it through this rock that you can drive mm-hmm. through with your van and then you have to go through some kind of security. I'm sure, I'm sure there's an opening also on top for the ships. They, they, they come down and they go in. And I, I was talking to a guy that was sitting down in the corner uh, that was in charge of like all the IT. They have a technology that surrounds this mountains. It is a laser that shoots up, and it goes as high as our atmosphere. But th- these lasers that shoot up, they do a hexagon up, and it anything that goes, it, it turns to a, a big ass straw, so they can enter. From the atmosphere all the way in, and nothing can be seen coming in or out. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Like, say this is the laser. The laser, you can't see it, but it makes anything that goes in it from the atmosphere. This is the mountain. This is the atmosphere up, and this is space. So they can enter in this particular hexagon made of uh, laser, and it cannot be seen. It turns everything like invisible, like a. Okay, so just just for people that want a, a little more, kind of like um, information because they're listening to this, they can't see anything. You know, you you were holding up uh, a kind of tube type device, and the laser would go through the tube in the way you just described. So it, it, it's a it's a type of laser light that go, shoots up to space. And when ships go through it, nobody can see it. Nobody can see the ships that go inside. This laser reflects everything that is outside. So it makes, it, it, it cloaks everything that comes into the mountain. So it's kind of like, a, like, a, like you're saying, a, a kind of tubular beam of light or a laser that goes up into the upper atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And the ships are able to go into that tube of light that's projected mm-hmm. up into the atmosphere, and that's yeah. how they're able to enter the base, but in a stealth way without anyone seeing. But people can yeah. see the light, right? So people would see a light come. No, no, it, re- it reflects everything that's out from it. But in the inside, is is you can see it. It's is 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 dark. It's it's it reflects everything on the outside. It's like a a mirror light. It's like a a mirror made of light. Doc is a huge science into this. There's a way that they could put, like, uh, face the molecules out one direction. And you know how certain, like, there's, te- there's technology that flips the mirrors. And when they flip the mirrors, 
it can turns any it turns anything stealth. So this technology is really, really top notch. They have a way to manipulate molecules to make it look like microscopic mirrors that can reflect whatever is outside from the laser. They do it in a quantum level. And whatever's inside is a dark hole. I think um NASA got a couple pictures of these lasers when they shoot up and they hit the atmosphere and it looks like a light that shoots up. I think they do have pictures like that. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. But yeah, they have that technology and they use this technology also in, in the in oceans also uh, on different kind of ships. And they have this also on different types of UFOs and ships, this technology. It's a type of um, laser that goes around the skin of the aircraft and microscopically turns every it turns see-through everything that is within the ship. So it's quite interesting. Okay, so this technology shoots up out of that facility up into the sky and any ship that goes into that light just becomes invisible to observers. So do people see the light itself or is the is the laser light kind of like at night? Can people see it at night or is it? You can't see the laser. You can't see the laser. Um, I know people in space could see it when it hits the atmosphere and it goes, shoots up. But in the atmosphere, you cannot see it. I see. So as far as people around, that they don't see any kind of laser being deployed or coming out of that mountain or out of that hill in that facility there under the ground there in Mississippi. It mostly happens when it's clear day. They don't deploy it when it's like um, when they have a lot of clouds and all that. Okay, so that's how the ships uh, enter into this facility. So is, is this facility like an Air Force base, an Army base, or is it does it belong to a, um, an inner Earth civilization or is it an extraterrestrial base? It belongs to the United States. Let's put it as that. It belongs to the United States. It belongs to the people. So it would be like um, a, a, a deep underground military base. It's a dumb facility there somewhere in Mississippi. Yes. yes. Okay. So you, but you saw a lot of... Alabama, Alabama and, and Mississippi and Tennessee uh, in that area. Okay. All right. So we'll kind of leave it a little vague as to exact the exact location somewhere in that area. And and you said you saw different entities coming out of the ships. So, I mean, even though it's a, a U.S. military facility, is it something that different ET races are using? Who are the different entities you saw coming out of the ships? I saw um, a tall entity dressed all in black, and they had like a, a white type of glove that goes halfway into like by their elbow and they're really long like really tall i saw another one that they were their skin was like bluish and they had like a orange type hair they did not have eyebrows but they had their facial features just like ours and yeah their hair is like orangey but they have blue skin like a bluish um gray skin I never seen these entities before. I saw another one that they're big and, and stocky. 
and their nose were quite long and hanging. It, they remind me of like, like those walruses that have those big noses, but it was smaller. And when they move, it moves with them and they can like maneuver it just to smell. Um, but they're big, they're big and, and uh, round and stocky. Their hands are really chubby. They had a device in their hands that with one finger, um, they can communicate with other people. Uh, I saw the Nordics also. Most of them were in charge of this facility. I saw the Nordics with the Air Force uniform, but it was different. Um, every section has a different color of, you know, the people that come in, people that are in charge of the ships and inventory of the ships and where the ship came from. And they have um, anything that they bring in. So they make an inventory the same way that I enter into the facility when they do an inventory of my whole body and what do I have in my body. This is the same thing they do with the ships. But it's a, it's a, it's a, a longer process, but it's quite fast. It's, it takes like, what, like 20 minutes, 15 minutes for each ship to, to come in and out. Um, I guess it's to check in. And, and this, like, man, this world, people say it's a small world, but this world is huge. Um, you got to implement also what is in the oceans, in the earth. This world is huge. So, so when you say this world is huge, I mean, are, are you talking about all of the underground facilities that are all over the place, you know, with it, different civilizations? And it will, it will blow your mind, Doc. Like, if you see the stuff that we have underground in, in the oceans. It's not just on top and what we have also in the moon and on different parts of our own solar system that is connected. And the cool thing is that these um, entities, they, they, it was locked down for a long time and now they started coming again. Uh, they have the green light to come in and to do business again. Okay, so so you're saying that there was a lockdown uh, where these different visitors, extraterrestrials, presumably from off planet, weren't allowed to kind of come to the Earth or go to that particular facility. They were prevented, but now it's okay. So that means that there's just more traffic. Is that what's happening? Well, the, the, the traffic started again in the beginning of 2020 uh, when COVID hit when everybody was inside. So this traffic was really massive there. I I, I can't talk about it um, like that, but maybe it's because of that, more traffic could, could come in and out because of everybody being inside on lockdown. So that gave the opportunity for um, more ETs to connect and disconnect. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I see, okay. Fair enough. The, the COVID lockdowns led to more ships being able to enter the atmosphere and go to these underground facilities or underwater facilities because there were fewer people around to kind of see them. Yeah. Okay, so this facility in that kind of Alabama, Mississippi area, you were there with a group of eight. You said one guy couldn't enter. You said one guy was a senior Air Force officer. So what was the mission? The mission was to pick up a device. We had to pick up a device and bring it back. And this device 
was a type of technology that is used for healing. The ancients, they used to use this. So it came from somewhere else because this place is not only for ETs, it's also for other programs to enter and to go out and drop off anything that they found. So when I heard the last interview, when you had that last interview with De Sosa, was his name? Um, De Sosa. Sosa. It was quite interesting what he was saying about Mamul Mul coming back and, and, and dropping these drones to our planet. Because in our last interview, I was telling you about the arcs having these types of drones that come out and they do like a recon of everything that is around. And they also go to space and they connect with the other arcs and they pass the information on. They pass what is the temperature, information of population, information of what type of, um, how do you say that? Oh man, I, I hate having like three languages in my head. I can't get the word, Doc. Different types of small microscopic organisms that certain ETs cannot come to contact with. Bacteria? Bacteria. Um, yeah, so, like there's certain ETs that cannot come to Earth because of that. So these drones, they also check on all that, on the ocean, the, the toxicity. Um, they check all types of information um, of where they go and they, they share it. And also the interaction they have with different people or different entities. And because Amuamua is, is coming back and dropping these types of UFO drones again, it's also going to activate the ARCs drones and the ARCs UFOs as well. So it's all going to come out at once. And it'll probably activate the ARCs for everybody to see. Possibly there's going to be the ships that are around Jupiter and around Saturn coming in with, tagging along with a more war. And all at once dropping a type of drone-like device to the moon, to the Earth, to Mars, to Mercury. They're going to drop them like all at the same time to all these planets. And a lot of people will see that. And like he said, you know, when that happens, that could be a checkmate. Like, it's, it's, it could be late when people see that, when people start seeing that. That's why every news outlet are talking about the same thing. And they're talking about what to expect. They're getting ready. This healing device. Well, before this, you go there with the healing device, just to recapitulate what you just said, because it's important. So you're saying that it's not just the space arcs that are activating, that are releasing probes. It's it's also the the motherships that were parked around Jupiter. And and you mentioned Oumuamua returning, which is what John D'Souza said. Oh, I, I don't know about Oumuamua returning. I hadn't heard that. Everyone's talking about it being an interstellar kind of object that's on the way out. But it, but it's possible that it is returning, that it's a that it itself is some kind of mothership as well, which it, but that would fit in with what uh, Avi Loeb 
and with uh, this uh, Sean Kirkpatrick was saying about the mothership releasing uh, probes. Now, you know, whether they're talking about a more more or, or whether they're alluding to one of these other motherships that are parked around Jupiter. But yeah, I, I would agree that they're getting ready. They're getting the public ready for these probes or orbs being seen much more because they're being released from the motherships to do these different functions that you identified. And a lot of people, they're going to realize that there's going to be good UAPs and there's going to be bad looking drones UAPs. And because of the bad ones, people will get confused with the good ones. So I want people to understand that there's going to be two types. Everything is going to happen at the same time. That's the thing. So when, it, when something good happens, they always want to do something bad to take out the good. Uh, how can I put this? Well, that's clear that the, that the deep state, that the negative factions, that they want to confuse people, that they will release probes that are negative, you know, like the ones that were shot down. I assume that these were belonging to some corporate program and just to start frightening people about these probes or these orbs because they know that the orbs and the probes being released by the ARCs and the uh, motherships or the Cedar craft, these are going to perform a positive function. So they're going to release their own probes to confuse things and frighten people. And, and, and they have the mainstream media that they control to put out this false narrative that the probes are a threat, they're a national security threat, and, and frighten people. So yeah. And, we can and, see and, and, and the people's eyes, everything is going to be a threat that's floating around. It, you know, but the people that know there's going to be positive arcs up there. There's going to be real ships out there. But there's also going to be types of false ships also. And the thing is that these these ships, they're going to attack planes and they're going to attack the friendly ships. And these friendly ships, they're organisms. They're, they're peaceful. They're ancient. If they feel threatened, they will not hesitate. It's like, uh, how can I put this? If you take a pet lion as a baby and you, and you make it grow up, right? Uh, this lion is gonna is gonna know you still aggressive it's gonna know you if you provoke the lion it doesn't matter if the lion knows you or not the lion is gonna put you down what i'm trying to say that we we cannot provoke these ships that are coming in and we have to know the difference it's just gonna be a lot it is gonna be confusing for a lot of people because people are not gonna know people are not not a lot of people are doing their homework. And a lot of people are, are going to get confused of who is who. But I know the, the community, um, oh man, um, there's a lot into this on, on what particular ships is who, which ships are going to be who. This is all going to come in the news. Oh, who are these? And then um, a nation is going to come out. Oh, this is our technology. Oh, no, but this is. Uh, the ET's technology. So which which technology is this? And then you're gonna have another other art coming in, and then we're gonna say, oh, well, who who is that? So it's gonna be a major major confusion everywhere. 
um, on this. And that's what they want. They want to confuse everybody and, and, and make everybody confused. But it's going to be a confused situation. Confused situation. And and when you and it's very important what you just said that the deep state, the negative alliance, uh, they are going to be launching their own craft, and they're going to shoot or they're going to try and provoke these probes from the arcs, from the space arcs, from the motherships. They're going to shoot at them or provoke them in some way, and because they want to create chaos, they want people to feel frightened. They want them. They want people to feel that these uh, that these probes, these orbs, are um, threatening, and so th that's what the deep state wants to do: provoke confusion and fear, and create this manufacture this threat out of nowhere. Which is, I guess, what you were saying that John de Souza, you were, you were agreeing that he's that he's correct that th that the deep state is going to manufacture some kind of false flag event. Uh, by using its own technology to create these kind of this confusion, this uncertainty, these threats, and um, so yeah, you you were told, or I mean, how did you how did you find out about that yourself? I was told. I was told they they always brief us on different things and on the missions when we get a you know we get a always the AR on everything that we do. They always explain why we did the mission and what's the mission for and what this mission is going to help, what's going to happen with the device that we bring. You know, um, this device is actually going to space to another facility. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere in our solar system that somebody else's need. It's a type of um, healing for um, types of water organisms that live elsewhere okay so you you receive this healing device but it's not intended for release on earth it's intended for some other space missions um off planet involved we, we, in bodies of water we do develop technology for other et races that they ask for it's not just for um humanity and it's it, it only works for them it, it, you know there's some technology that doesn't work on us. It only works on certain ETs. It's like um, you put raid on cockroaches, but raid doesn't kill us, you know? There's certain things that, certain technologies that work for certain ETs that does not work for us because of their structure of the bone is probably more denser than ours or probably lighter than ours. Their skin can be reptile-like or slimed like skin they could be there's different there's different ets you know it's like like a trade-off you know like um we give you this and we're gonna get something back in return and you know and it's always been like that you know like it, a barter system so there's a barter system involving um, the, the U.S. military bartering with different ETs. You know, you give us some technology, then we'll get our corporation scientists to mass produce it. It's not um, U.S. military. It's more the United States itself. I don't know how I can say that, but it's more like um, military-industrial complex. I'm thinking that military is involved a lot. 
But yeah, yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Okay, so, so your primary mission for entering that base was to just get this healing device that Air Force officer would then take to somewhere else for this kind of barter system where this would be mass produced for other ETs and presumably that would be of overall benefit to the US to the program. Mm -hmm. and, and and this facility is connected to other facilities in the United States and South America and inner earth. Well, other facilities that look just as the same. There's a couple dozen of them around the United States and on the moon as well. We have um, the facilities on the moon as well. So we're talking spaceports, big football stadium sized spaceports. Yes, it, you could say that it's a space port, but it's also from the inner Earth. It connects to the inner Earth as well. Inner Earth port with spaceport, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a mixture of races that um, connect there, and, and it's like they have to check in and check out. And they don't take a penalty or something like that of them not coming back. So talking about the, we came back, we gave the device to a scientist. They take it, they expect it, they make sure it works. And they take it elsewhere um, to do to go to space. I see. What I really want to share is that the organization that I saw, it made me think on the ride back how organized everything is. Probably how long this have to be happening for it to be that organized. Because for something to be that organized, it takes time and to get all these connections of different ETs to come in and out. Um, no racial, nobody talks bad to nobody. They, they go there, they do what they need to do, and they just get out. You don't see no arguing, no nothing. Everybody is like, everybody knows what to do, and they just want to get in there. So me personally, I think this has been going for a long time, a couple, couple decades. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I just want to kind of like, um, and I know we're running out of time, so just to bring together everything that you've described, you know, on the one hand, you described this mission to get this healing technology that's part of a, a barter system to trade between different ET groups. On the other hand, you talked about uh, the deep state creating or sending up their own probes and their own orbs to create confusion between the ones that the orbs that are coming from the space arcs and the motherships that have a benign purpose just to kind of like monitor the planetary situation, but the deep states sending up its own stuff or trying to provoke the orbs to create confusion. So overall, what can people expect over the next few months? There's going to be a lot of sightings. I've been saying this is going to be a lot more whistleblowers and a lot more sightings. And people are going to realize that some of these orbs are ours, you know, and they're just back engineered from ET's technology. So in, in, in the coming months, you're going to see more news about UFOs, more news about communication with people. And um, look what's happening with Texas. You know, when was the last time you saw cows being mutilated? You know, I haven't heard that 
for almost like what 20 or 30 years you know i haven't heard of a cow being milled in the united states like that you know um and it's happening all over too it's happening with pets there's something that's happening that i'm hearing rumors of there's like types of black holes opening in different parts of the world and different types of uh, dimensions are opening and entities are entering and coming out from these types of dimensions as well so we have to be vigilant as well of we like these entities we don't know who they are or what they are um for me those are the entities that are um i'm worried about the one that comes in and out from existence existence yeah i don't know if you want to share that with the public but we're hearing a lot of rumors about that about and that's going to be another thing these ships are, are going to pop out out of the uh, existence out of nowhere you know they're going to just pop up out of nowhere it's going to be the same thing some of them are going to be real and some of them okay i'm not going to be real so th- th- there's going to be a lot of confusion um doc but i know um we got a lot of positive people out there and i know everything is going to be all right with us we're, we're going to make the right decisions and i know that love covers everything and if we share love and careness and if we share that we care about people and that we care about everything around us that we care about the energy that everybody carries. Everything will be okay. You know, I want to illustrate that. You know, everything is going to be okay. Well, that's very important. Uh, you know, that we, we need to kind of develop our love, uh, empathy, compassion more. And of, of course, be very discerning not to go into fear when all this confusion is created. And it's very kind of like uh, opportune that this that we're having this discussion because I'm, I'm going to be doing my next webinar on May 13 on orbs, space arcs and motherships. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and clarify exactly what is going on, that, that there's, there's positive and negative aspects to this, just as you've said. And, and the more we are in a place of um, calm, uh, not getting into fear, that we understand that there's a phenomenon happening, that this is the way in which our civilization has chosen to wake up, that there's mm-hmm. some kind of timetable involved uh, for the arcs, the probes to all come out. And the deep state knows this. So its strategy is to just confuse and put people into fear. And, and as you're saying, the more you're in a positive place, more loving, uh, more supportive of others, the more you're going to be able to get through this. So. Uh, I want to again thank you, JP, for for sharing uh, this this latest mission and uh, clarifying exactly what we can expect over the months ahead. Roger that, Doc. I appreciate you, and I can't wait for your webinar. It'll be interesting. Thank you, JP. You have been listening to Exopolitics today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com.